You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the GPS, Part 4. Enjoy. Let's pray. God, we're just so thankful this morning because you loved us first. It was your initiative. You set this up. You gave your son. We didn't ask you to do it. You displayed this love that has just left us speechless. And we receive your amazing love this morning. And we thank you, Father, in 2015 for leading us by your Spirit. And in every life decision, we're hearing your voice and we're following you. You are our shepherd and therefore we shall not lack. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, in 2015, we have a theme for this year. We're calling it Year of the GPS. But we're not talking about the technology in your car or on your phone. Our G stands for God. We're talking about God's positioning system. What do you mean by that? Well, God has a positioning system, he, and it involves two things, his word and his spirit. God wants to lead you into the fullness of his promises. God wants to be involved in every area of your life. So in 2015, we want to encourage one another to make our life decisions based on God's leading, on the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not based on what we've been through, not based on what other people have told us, not based on the economy or the weather, but based on the voice of God in our lives. So that's what we're focusing on. This is part four. We're calling this series Year of the GPS. And I want to encourage you in 2015 to invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. And investment by nature is something you do now that brings results in the future. Okay? So it's January, first month of the year. How do you invest in yourself? By meditating on the promises of God and believing that they're true for you right now. Not in a hundred years from now, today, January 25th. Everything changes when you begin to believe that God's promises are true and real for you now. And you begin to use your imagination, see them fulfilled in your life. See yourself in 2015 being led by God's Spirit in every decision. See yourself relaxed, (laughs) free from worry, with a fearless joy, being led by God's Spirit in every decision in 2015. Okay? And that's why we encourage you to go to our website, check out the video Bible studies, listen to the audio messages, and man, do it with your Bible. And go through these scriptures, part one, two, and three of this series. Go back, listen to it. Because you, you really can't grab everything in one hearing. Faith does come by hearing. That means an ongoing hearing, not just once. So listen to the, these messages and get your Bible out and read those promises for yourself. Let your own eyes see them, your own heart believe them, your own mouth speak them. Okay? And you'll be so glad you did as 2015 unfolds. All right, let's pick up where we left off last Sunday. We were looking at Joshua. Love this guy, Yahshua. 
right? He, uh, he was one of the 12 spies. Did you know that? You remember Joshua? Back in Numbers, we, we were looking in Joshua chapter 1. We're not going to go there today. We're just going to quickly catch up where we were. But Joshua was one of the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land, right? But only two of them believed God. Two out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's less than 2%. It's like 1.7% or something. Huh? That's not good. Or actually, it's less, it's, it's less than 20%. Yeah, like 17%. That's not good. In fact, Joshua and his friend Caleb were convinced that God would give them that land. Regardless of the obstacles, which were the giants, the people living in that land, it didn't matter to Joshua and Caleb. But the other 10 said, no, we can't do it. We can't take the land. And those 10 people uh, it contaminated the rest of the nation. Isn't that amazing? So Joshua and Caleb had to wait to that generation of, of unbelieving people to die before they could go into the promised land. In fact, Psalm 106, verse 24 says this. The people refused to enter the pleasant land. We're talking about being led by the Spirit now. God was leading them into his promises. They refused to enter for they wouldn't believe right. his promise to care for them. <gasps> in other words, they believed the, the obstacles that were in front of them were stronger than the God who was leading them. Isn't that silly? Huh? What a small picture they had of God. And I love Joshua and Caleb. They didn't lose heart. Caleb was 40 when they spied the land. At 85, he said to Moses, give me my mountain. I'm as strong now as I was at 40. And he went into war and took the mountain at 85. See? Faith causes your body to be strong. Faith causes you to be strong because you're believing that God's greater than the obstacles you're facing, and that puts strength in your bones and your muscles. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, so now we're fast-forwarding. Forty years later, Joshua's about to lead God's people into the promised land. Moses has died, and Joshua is standing before God, and God encourages him and says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will most of the time come through for you. No, I will never, not once fail you, nor forsake you. Now, God could only be with Joshua. He couldn't live in Joshua. And what's better, for God to be with you or to live in you? See, God didn't want to just be with Joshua. He wanted to live in him, but he couldn't because a sacrifice had to be made. God doesn't want to just be with you in 2015. He wants to walk in you in 2015. But it wasn't possible in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God revealed that he wanted to live in us and walk in us. Let's look at that. All right? Talking about being led by the Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36. 
So if you're, if you go, Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Prophets, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. If you'll go to Ezekiel, prophet Ezekiel, chapter 36. The prophet is speaking by the Spirit of the Lord, and he's prophesying of what God would do through Christ. Very powerful passage of Scripture. Let's eat it, okay? How do you eat the Word? Do you remember? You believe that it's true for you, right? You believe that it's true for you. Ezekiel chapter 36, well, let's start in verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water you. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Now look at verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. There's a lot there. Let's park here for a moment. So God says, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new spirit. I'm going to remove that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What is he talking about? We want to be led by the spirit in our lives. And it helps us to be led by the spirit if we understand how we're made. There are three parts to who we are. We are a spirit, okay? You are a spirit. You have a soul and you're living in a body. It's important to understand that the world does not understand that. They look for answers by studying the physical body. Your body is not who you are. Okay, you are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul and your spirit are not the same thing. Man doesn't understand that either. The Bible teaches us this. We're going to see this. Okay, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay? Your emotions, your feelings are not who you are. They're just tools that God has given us to help us process things. But just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you are that way. Man will tell you you are something because you feel something. Don't listen to that. That's just your soul. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. That can be changed. You are a spirit, okay? You have a soul, and you're living in a physical body. 1 Thessalonians, keep your finger in Ezekiel. If you want, just look on the screen. It's on the screen there. 1 Thessalonians 5, we're going to go back to Ezekiel. says, and the very God of peace, Irene in the Greek, the very God of wholeness, of prosperity, of well-being, sanctify you wholly. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y. means completely, right? And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. That's the whole person. So a human being consists of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man studies the physical body and tries to study the soul, but has no idea what the spirit is all about. But the spirit is where the life is. Jesus said it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's why man doesn't have answers for you. Now, so we're spirits. Well, guess what? Jesus said in John 4, 24, God is a spirit. Cool. Huh? God is a spirit. And we're spirits. 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now you might in your, your, your translation might say Holy Spirit. The King James says Holy Ghost. Ghost is another term for spirit. You could say we're ghosts. So your man doesn't understand that. They think of creepy flying things. or No, we're spirits, okay? Just another name for spirit. So you're a spirit, and God is a spirit. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, God, who is a spirit, right, according to Jesus, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27, so God, who is a spirit, created man in his own image. In the image of God created, him, him, created he him, male and female created he them. God created us spirits in his image. I remember when I first learned this, I changed my whole life. It will change the way you think about yourself. I'm not my emotions. I'm not my mind or my will. I'm not my physical body. I'm a spirit. Okay? So God made us in his image. Now, the first man and woman, the first spirits that God created, the first human beings that he created, they were spirit, soul, and body. But they were different than us because their body was immortal. Death was never a part of God's plan. You can learn that in the Scriptures. We're not going to go back and look at that right now. It was not a part of God's plan. But we will look at what God said in Genesis chapter 2. We'll put it on the screen for you. You've still in, got your finger in Ezekiel, right? This is very powerful. Now, he told the first spirits, the first man and woman, spirit, soul, and body. He said, you, well, he told Adam, actually, this was before Eve was made. He said, you can eat freely of any tree but one. And in verse 17 of Genesis 2, he says, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's how the English, that's the King James, I think. Is it? Yeah. Thou shalt surely die, it says in English. But in the Hebrew, it says, Thou shalt die, die, is what it says in the Hebrew. The same word is there twice. So if you eat of it, you shall die, die. Why would God say you'll die twice? Because he would. He would die spiritually and physically. Okay? Very important to understand that. Your physical body can't exist if your spirit is not in it. If your spirit leaves your body, your body's what people call dead. Okay? We went, I went to two funerals this week. Uh, and and there, the body of that person was there. Their spirit was not. Their spirit left the body. Okay, very important to understand that. So when Adam and Eve, when they ate of that tree, their body physically changed from being immortal to mortal. Wow. And death entered the human race, right? And their spirits became dead. What does that mean? Their spirits, spiritual death, the Bible teaches us, is when your spirit is separated from God's spirit. That's spiritual death, okay? Now let's go back to Ezekiel. Is this helping you? Understand where we want to know how we're made so we can be led by the Spirit, okay? 
So we were never made to be separated from God. Our spirits were made to be united with him. Life was meant to be lived in union with the one who made us. There really is no life apart from him. And the people who don't know him, who haven't been born again, they're really existing on this earth, but they're really not living. Their spirits aren't united to him. So in, let's get back to 26, verse 26 of Ezekiel 36, okay? I will give you a new heart. Now we have a better understanding of what he's saying here. I'll put a new spirit in you. Well, what was wrong with the old spirit? It was dead. It was separated from God. It became hard, dry, brittle. It couldn't hear God. It couldn't respond to God. That's why it says, I will, I will remove from you your heart of stone. Stone is hard. It's cold. And a spirit that's separated from God can't follow God. Can't hear. It's hard and it's brittle. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, a spirit that hears my voice and is inclined that naturally follows me. I'm going to give you a spirit that's sensitive to me. Okay? Now, God has always wanted this spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship. It's interesting in, in mobile technology, and we're, te we're really looking to go as much wireless as possible. There's a, a desire in us to be wireless, right? But that really comes from way, way back. There is an innate desire in our spirits to have an unhindered connection to God. No wires. And there's something freeing in being using audio equipment for so long. It just was so great when wireless things came out. You could take your guitar, your microphone, and walk all over the place. Wireless brings freedom. When there's nothing between you and God, when your spirit and his spirit are united, freedom comes. And you can go where you couldn't go before. The wires of man's thinking won't hold you back anymore. So through Christ, God said, I'm going to transform your heart of stone into a heart that follows me, a heart of flesh. Now, this is what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 3, verse 3. Nicodemus comes to him, and he, he wants to see the kingdom of God. He wants to experience God. And Jesus says to him, no one can experience, no one can see and taste the kingdom of God until their spirit is made new. He said, you must be born again. That's what he's talking about. All right? Your spirit's got to be made new. Then you can experience God's goodness in your life nonstop. So really, when you put your faith in Christ, you got a heart transplant. And that would be amazing in of itself, but that's not all God wanted to do. Let's keep reading in Ezekiel. So God, when we put our faith in Christ, God gave us a brand new heart a spirit that's alive to him and, and loves to listen to him and is tuned in to his voice. But he didn't stop there. Verse 27, he says, this is Ezekiel 36, verse 27. He says, and, in other words, there's more to what I want to do in your life. And I will put my spirit in you. Wow. And move you to follow me. 
right? So we're talking about being led by the Spirit. Well, you've got to know it's an inside thing. It's internal. God's in here. He will lead you internally. And inter- being led internally is infinitely more reliable than being led externally. Because these external things can change and can mislead you. In the Old Testament, they looked for external signs. In the New Testament, we listen to the internal witness of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that more probably next week. But let's keep going here. So God says, not only am I going to give you a new heart, but I'm going to live in you. I'm going to put my very own spirit in you. Jesus said in John 14... 23, he said, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words and my father will love him and will come unto him and make our home with him. Wow, where does God live? In you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, not around them, in them, and walk in them. When you walk from here today, I want you to imagine God walking in you. It will change the way you walk. Takes fear right away. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All right, verse 28 of Ezekiel 36. You'll live, it says, then, (laughs) like that, then you will live in the land. After you have a new spirit, and after I put my spirit in you, I will move you into the fullness of my promises. Let me read this. Then you will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. What was the name of the land that God gave him in the Old Testament? The promised land, right? Remember our scripture last week, 2 Corinthians 1.20? For no matter how many promises God has made, Right? They are all yes in Christ, and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Here, God's saying, after you get a new spirit, and I put my spirit in you, then I will move you into the fullness of my promises for your life. So in the Old Testament, there was a geographical location that God wanted to get them to. In the New Testament, there's not a geographical location that God's trying to get us to, but he's trying to move us into a life experience, into a way of living, a living by faith. It's a supernatural life that God wants to move us into, Mm -hmm. where our needs are supernaturally met through faith in his promises. This is foreign to natural man. They'll think you're crazy for believing this way. Nevertheless, this is where God wants to take you. In other words, where in your daily life, whatever situation you're facing, however small or however great, you're, you're putting your faith in him to show up. 
and to give you the victory or the provision that you need in that situation so that your daily life would be changed by him. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. This is where God wants to take you. Oftentimes people talk about being led by the Spirit. They don't know where he wants to take them. And they're looking, should I go over there? I? No, he wants to bring you into the fullness of him. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to travel anywhere. Just believe. Mm-hmm. Let God take you into the fullness of his promises by simple faith in his promises. All right. Hallelujah. Now, I said something at the end of last week, and we're going to get into that right now. I said I'm going to talk about the mystery of the ages being revealed right at the end of service. What is the mystery of the ages? Well, throughout the New Testament, God is prophesying that he wants to live in us, that he's going to give us a new heart, a new spirit, that he's going to make us new, that he's going to... But the mystery was how. How was he going to do this? Noah didn't know it. Abraham didn't know it, how. how. Isaac and Jacob didn't know it. Moses didn't know it. The prophets didn't know it. Jesus' disciples didn't know it. Satan didn't know it. His devils didn't know it. It was a mystery to everybody. And there's a reason for that. How was God going to make... See, Satan can't figure out why God loves you. It's a mystery to him. Because Satan looks at you through the eyes of the law. He's all about the law. And he knows you've sinned, just like me. He knows we've fallen short. And according to the law of sin and death, we deserve death. So when he sees you, that's what he thinks, death. They deserve death. And that's why he's our accuser. But when God looks at you, he looks at you from a very different perspective. He looks at you through the eyes of love. And isn't it interesting, Eden, if you can put John 1.17 up there. The scriptures tell us that for the law was given by who? But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, if we didn't have this scripture up there, and I were to ask theologians, what, what does truth go with, the law or with grace? Satan wants it with the law. But Jesus put it with grace. What is truth? God loves you. (laughs) That's a truth the devil can't beat. He can't change that. He can accuse you. Yeah, we've all done wrong. And he can take all the time he wants doing that. But the truth that trumps our wrongdoing is God's love for us. So we play that card every day. Every time an accusation comes against us, we trump it. God loves me. He loved me first. He gave his son for me. I'm his very own. He lives and he walks in me. Hallelujah. So let's look at 1 Corinthians. You can leave Ezekiel. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. 1 Corinthians. Verse 7. Let's learn about this mystery. This is very powerful. Verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 
Who's it a mystery to? Satan and his devils, right? Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto whose glory? Your glory. I'm going to say something crazy. Clear. God wants to glorify you. Hey, to God goes all the glory, right? What am I saying? God wants to lift you up, not put you down. He wants to exalt you. He wants you to be above depression, not beneath it. Are you following what I'm saying? He wants to pick you up above sickness and disease, above discouragement, above lack. This was for our glory, this mystery. Not for his. He's got all the glory, right? He's above it all. He wants us to be with him. Are you following me? It doesn't take any glory away from God when he lifts us up. It gives him glory, right? When when God glorifies us, he gets the glory. Are you following me? Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. What did Jesus call Satan? The prince of this world. Satan and all of his devils did not understand this mystery. Why? For had they known that God was going to make us new through the sacrifice of his son, they would not have crucified Jesus. Do you see that? Do you see what that says there? See, the best that Satan could figure out is that Jesus was going to stay on earth and keep healing and preaching and teaching. So he wanted to kill him because it was eating him up that he didn't like seeing people set free. So he figured if he could kill him, he'd win. Never in a million years could Satan have imagined that God would sacrifice his son, that God the Father wanted his son to be crushed, and that through his crushing, he would become our substitute. That God would take our sins and crush his son with them and take his son's righteousness and implant it into us. Never could he have come up with that. If the secret would have gotten out, he wouldn't have crucified him because that would have been infinitely worse. One Jesus in the earth was, was too much for Satan. But God didn't want one Jesus in the earth. He wanted him to be the firstborn among many brothers. I'm looking at Jesus's right here. Are you following me? I see Jesus' sisters and brothers right here. He wants lots of Jesus in the earth, and you're one of them. Are you following me? Hallelujah. God, you're so good. But as it is written, verse number 9, I hath not seen, talking about physical body, right? Ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Why? Because man didn't come up with this plan of salvation. God did. This was not man's philosophy or religion. This was God's great love at work. This was God's initiative. It was his idea to take his only son and make him our substitute and make us his very own children. But God, verse 10, hath revealed the mystery to us. Isn't that great? By his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Let's jump to verse 12. 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Thank God for that. But the spirit which is of God. Why would he? So being born again was not enough. Having a new spirit is not enough. God had to implant his spirit in us. Why did God say, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I want to live in you. That we might know, that we might be sure and certain, that we might daily experience the things that he has freely given to us. So we walk with a confidence now, an assurance in the midst of this world, knowing that God is living in us and that Christ in us is the guarantee. God's spirit in us is the daily guarantee of his provision in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Spirit is in you to what? To lead you into the things that God has freely given you. That's why it's so important to be hearing what you're hearing. And I highly encourage you and invite people to come to Highway Church. Get an invite out at the info table. Invite people to come. Because you can't hear what you're hearing at at just any church. And I believe that's changing. But you really want to make sure you're hearing the fullness of God's promises so that you can fulfill his destiny. Which things we also speak. So we talk about these things that God's freely given to us. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. He himself is judged of no man. Look at verse 16. We'll close with this. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Who has it? You do. This, the devil could never have come up, never figured this out. God gave his son for us, put our sins on him, took his righteousness, gave it to us, gave us a brand new spirit. We didn't deserve it. We were guilty. He made us innocent. And then he put his spirit in us to lead us and unfold the free things that he's given to us. His mind is now in us. Twenty fifteen is a great year. He's crowned it with his goodness, his past drip with abundance. Hallelujah. And we've got to stop right here, but we're gonna get into next week. The assurance that we have in being led by the Spirit. The Christ in us. It's the confidence we have of daily experiencing His provision and promises in our lives. Christ in us. The hope of glory. That's next Sunday. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We are overjoyed with your off-the-chart love for us. No one could have come up with such a plan. The law just couldn't do it. Man couldn't figure this out. 
You did this. It was your genius that brought your son to the earth and sent him to the cross, not to lose but to win for us. And because he lost at the cross, we win. Because he died, we're alive. And we thank you, Father, for raising him up in victory and making us his brothers and sisters. And Father, right now I lift up all that are listening to this message that are physically here and may hear it through, uh, through the recording. I pray that by your Spirit, Father, you would encourage every listener. Encourage them in the free things that you've given them. That they would know that Jesus bore their sins and their sicknesses, their diseases, their lack, their poverty, their depression, their discouragement, that they might have life and life abundantly. Lead us forward into the fullness of your promises for our lives. That in place of depression, unspeakable joy would abound. In place of ashes, beauty, joy unspeakable, victory. In place of sickness, health. In place of ignorance, wisdom. In place of lack, abundance. In Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.